It's time for a podcast. Oh no! Come here, let me talk to you. No, get. I hate you, Sammy Rye. What's the name of that? That podcast with Sammy Rye. And cut. Great job, everybody. S A M I R Y E. That's podcast with Sammy Rye coming to you guys May 19th. Getting ready for a big weekend. Going to be traveling, doing some traveling. Haven't done traveling in a while. I'm going out to PA. And he's checking in with you guys. Going to go ahead and do a uh, an update on a few things. And kind of, you know, double back and, and look to see, you know, where has the podcast come so far? Where are we going in the future? What are some things you come to expect? Everybody who's tuning in weekly, I'm seeing about 20 people a week on average. They're still checking in. That's awesome. Um, thank you guys so much for spreading the word and telling your friends about this. We have some more guests I have scheduled for June, uh, but I want to take the rest of this month kind of to refocus on what it is that the podcast is supposed to be about. Also, I'm taking a little vacation, right? So I'm going on a trip. The podcast will still be up every Thursday, but I'm taking a little trip this week and kind of just decompressing and looking at 2021 and saying, what do I want? The season's changing. Summertime is coming, right? It's 86 degrees outside today if you're over in the, uh, the Jersey area, right? I guess if you're on the east. Uh, the mask mandate for people outside in Jersey has been lifted. Indoor mandate still in place, but that's a good sign. I got my vaccine a few weeks ago, so I am I'm should be doing pretty good. But still, you know, it's important. Everybody's watching out for each other. Um, So 2021 and real life is coming back. So now I'm thinking maybe we need to get outside and start shooting some short videos. Maybe we need to go work with some people outdoors. And in New York, if anybody up in New York wants to get together, the mask mandate for indoors apparently is going up there. Um, So I don't know if I want to do all that and venture up to New York yet, but that is a possibility, right? So there's some different things to consider. Uh, so things are changing, right? And we just as fast as the world changed last year on lockdown, things are changing again. And um, I wanted to talk about the podcast and also talk about a few things, give you guys value, right? What is this whole thing about? I want to give people who decided to listen some value. I used to love horoscopes. Horoscopes um, in the morning on Power ninety nine FM. Uh, Horace the Taurus used to do horoscopes when I was in school. This is on the Philadelphia radio show. If you guys don't know. And I used to love, I would hope that we would happen to be going to school around the time that he did this little horoscope. And I don't necessarily believe in horoscopes or whatever. That's not really the point. The point was, I believe when you're listening to someone talk about those kind of things, giving out positive energy, trying to tell someone what to look out for on that road ahead of them, or you know what to look forward to, right? You can take what you want from that, right? So I remember sometimes I would like listen to my horoscope, but I even like the other horoscope sometimes he might say something nice that will put a positive idea in my head and I think that's something I would like to bring the most this podcast when I'm interviewing people or when I'm talking about things by myself I'm hoping that if you're out there you tune in in the morning on your way to work or you tune in at some point maybe late at night or I don't know where you're at you decide to put this on that hopefully it, it gives you a positive energy it gives you something good and I hopefully when these things are done I can look back and say, well, you know, there's a few, hopefully, 100 episodes of that. And um, my kids or anyone who ever knew me could sit down and listen to them. Obviously, some family members are on here. Um, I have different guests like that or even friends. Let's say I interview someone who isn't related to me. You know, it's one more recording, one more record of that person, their life, the way they thought about things. And it's something that's easy to do. I really just see no downsides to the podcast every week. Um, it's given me a great way to interact with my kids, a great way to, to capture some of my family's memories. 
and also a place to talk about things that I'm doing and things that I'm getting into. Uh, almost therapeutic, right? I used to do a lot of rap music when I was younger. And that was always a great thing to be able to sit down and write down what you're thinking or try to express something in song. And then it was a weird thing when you recorded it and you heard it. It kind of eventually took that thing and, and made it go away. It turned it in from whatever it was inside of you into something else that, again, it could be more positive. It could have been therapeutic. Um, if someone else enjoyed it, that's a nice thing. If they like the song or whatever you're making, um, or someone else related to it. It's it's something transformative about taking what you feel and putting it out there and sharing it with people. There's a big power in that, at least for me. So I love that the podcast has been a way to do that. It's also like an easy layup for me, right? My my friend, um, my friend Paige, my mentor, you know, in a lot of ways, um, taught me about this concept in basketball. You know, when a basketball player and even the greatest basketball players are are doing good. Um, and you know that they're great. Sometimes they'll have off games. And, you know, when they do that, when they're missing some shots, they don't just go back out and keep trying to hit three pointers. They try to um, they try to basically. My son just walked in. Sorry about that. Uh, that's the first time I ever pa- paused the podcast. So let's see how that works when we're editing it. But hopefully that should work out fine. But we were talking about layups and my friend um, Paige basically breaking down to me that, you know, Players, when they're trying to get their rhythm back, they just try to get some layups in, right? If you miss a bunch of three-pointers, you don't just keep shooting the hard shot. You go find the layup. You'll get some points, build that confidence back up, and work back your way up to that hard shot. And, um, you know, he provided value to me in that conversation. I'm hopefully sharing that value with you guys. When I'm talking about when you're trying to make progress, when you're coming here and you're saying, what, what am I going to get today from this whole thing? Well, I'm going to listen to this. You know, try to remember that when you're doing stuff, Always the end goal is really far out the way, right? Winning that game is out the way to keep using that analogy. But it's important to do something. For me, it's important to get a podcast done every week. So just make sure that I'm holding myself accountable. We talked about that last week when we had my mom on the podcast, right? Being of service, being a servant, be samurai, right? Um, the samurai concept, the, something I've always admired and tried to live up to is trying to find something that's bigger than you than matters. You know, for her, it was her children. For me, if I'm honest, it's it's this feeling that I need to progress my family um, more so forward, my bloodline, right? So before I had children, one of the things I always thought was my grandfather, you know, he had brought us to America. My mother had brought us, you know, to, I would say, I would say out the ghetto into like the suburbs or the beginning of the suburbs. And that it was my responsibility to somehow keep taking my bloodline forward not just geographically, but financially, education-wise, uh, mental health-wise, making sure that we're doing better in every area that we can do. Um, that's what I always felt like I had to do. So that's kind of the thing where I look at what I'm doing, and that's a driving force to me, is I want to put myself and my family in a position moving forward that um, is beneficial to everyone in some kind of way. And you get there with layups, right? You get there with small little victories, small things that you can do to get your rhythm back, right? And that's what I'm doing right now, feeling the groove, right? I had to pause the podcast, and I'm back at it again. So, you know, we the podcast itself, When you, if you're wondering, what is this going to be if I'm tuning in every week? You know, it's going to be me basically talking about me. It's that podcast with Sammy Rye, right? I, I like Bill Burr's podcast. That's the main one I got my thing from. Um, and I liked listening to his podcast for a long time before it became more popular. And he would just call in from the road once a week and he'd record his podcast and kind of brain dump whatever he was thinking about. 
and I like Bill Burr. So, I mean, if you don't like Sammy Rye, you might not like my podcast, right? Because it's not something that is interesting to you. But if you're interested in me and what I'm doing and maybe some of the guests that I have on and what I might talk about the way I look at things, then hopefully this is good energy that you're getting into your eardrums and you're loving it and it's helping you um, do something with your day. Um, I like talking about business. I'm a big fan of business. I just saw today... Um, one of the people that were rioting at the Capitol, right? Well, he wasn't rioting, supposedly, allegedly, right? But this guy got some news because he had an album cover. He went to the the riots. He said he was in D.C. and went to the Capitol riot. And he, like, got on top of a SWAT team car and took a picture for his album cover. And, of course, the, the feds got him, right? And he's facing some federal charges, but I thought it was a great heads-up business move, right? Because now you got new national news attention on your mixtape or your album that he did. And I, I even went to go listen to it. I thought it was okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that, again, I like those little moves I see there because I know he saw an opportunity and he took it. Obviously, it might cost him a lot if he ends up going to jail or something like that. Um, but, I, hey, I'm from that environment. I'm from the city. I understand a lot of times you don't have much to work with. So if he has to go sit down somewhere and wait a few months, hopefully, at the worst-case scenario, and he comes back out and he's got a buzz for his album, th- th- he didn't have many other options, right? I understand being in that situation. And also taking advantage of the opportunity, right? He thought, hey, I'm going to go over here and take some pictures. Um, my understanding of it, of course, is that he wasn't writing. He didn't steal anything. He didn't do anything bad. He claims he has videos and, and tapes to prove that, why, what he was doing while he was in there. I don't know, of course. My point is I'm a fan of business. And when I see people executing and doing heads-up business moves like that or just innovating, um, to kind of tell a short story, when we were doing, me and um, my friend of mine were doing a Kickstarter. I got, I had, I'd, run, I'd done one Kickstarter and got it funded, right? And I like that, right? What was exciting about the, the Kickstarter thing, we were selling playing cards. And we weren't designers. We didn't know how to design. I got Adobe Illustrator on a 30-day trial. Um, and we whipped it up really fast. And it started because... I had bought some David Blaine magic cards from like Walmart, right? And it was like some magical thing that you can get. And I loved them. I thought they looked real cool. I thought his whole style was cool. The way he made his cards, his brand, everything about him. Outside of being a magician, I thought, man, this guy is taking it beyond what I what I thought a magician was. And this is cool. Like I'd buy his shirts. He has some cool designs with this ace that he would do. And everything looked really cool. If you don't know David Blaine's stuff, look it up. Uh, His magic is obviously amazing. But also beyond that, as a business person, he had a lot of great ideas. And I had a friend that was into magic. And I remember thinking, man, what would it it cost us to get you your own magic cards, right? If you had your own cards, what would that take? And that made me start researching it. I started looking into it, finding out for Bicycle, the official, like, number one name in cards. What do you got to do to get your cards made with them? Um, and they were very helpful. I reached out to them with some emails. They responded. They sent us some catalogs. Um, and it was it was a fun, new whole world that opened up. I was talking to people who could make um, things like cases for the cards and um, poker chips and accessories. I met a, a really nice person in North Jersey. They could manufacture all these like aux- auxiliary gifts that you could put into the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, I met another guy who, um, I think his name bmpoker.com was the website. He operated also out of North Jersey, and he had a whole website, a big warehouse that he had built inside of his house. Beautiful, beautiful house. 
Um, and he had all this stuff and he was very helpful to us and explained a lot of the business side of it and shipping and handling things that I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't think necessarily when you get into magic, that's going to matter. But then it was very interesting to learn all those business things and seeing people who are successful in business. And I've always enjoyed that. So sometimes I'll touch on those kind of topics here and talk about those things. Also, it's just entertainment, right? Film, um, music, things that I'm into. I'm into a lot of those things in the comedy and the video games, as pretty much anyone would be. But I really love the art of it. I love, I can sit down and watch like the DVD extras, you know, on how a movie was made. I can listen to a comedian do an interview talking about how they come up with their jokes. I'm always interested in how things are created and how people execute things. Because I find, even if you're a comedian, even if you're someone that's from a different walk of life or a different art form than what I personally do, I find there's always something I can learn or something I can relate to if you're listening and you're being that student. So I'm, I enjoy that. I'm enjoying sitting down with people. You know, everyone I see, I think, has something to talk about. They have something that they've done. There's an experience they've been through and you can learn from those people. If you give them a chance to sit down and you ask good questions and you quietly listen, I enjoy that too. So you see all those different aspects of my personality here and hopefully you can get something from that. Um, the next thing I want to talk about besides you know making progress, getting those layups, right, is those sticky points that you, you run in contact with, right? I think the podcast could be at a place now we would call this a sticky point, right? We're about two months in, I think. Um, we're heading into June. I could see some things coming down the road in the future that would be good. But, you know, once you get past that beginning phase, how do you keep it going, right? Whenever you're doing something, I feel like you start off and you're excited. There's all these things that you got to do. And you're, you're going into it. And at some point, you get a grasp of it. And now it becomes the work of it, right? You're just kind of doing it over and over again. A good friend of mine told me, um, for the podcast, you know, you know, make sure you do it because you love it, right? Make sure you do it because you enjoy it. Don't let it become work. I think that's one good way to get past that sticky point. I, I know another thing for me is I love hopping around to ideas. It's who I am, right? So I, over the weekend, I started writing a children's book. I started illustrating the children's book. I started studying how to illustrate a children's book, which was fascinating onto itself. Learning about shape language, learning about how to draw pictures, not so much as the literal picture, but using different kinds of shapes um, to kind of, you know, say things without saying them. It was fascinating stuff, right? And I'm always interested in all these different things. I always hop around and that keeps my energy going. It keeps me from being stagnant and not wanting to do something. I find that helps my writing. That helps my music. That helps everything that I'm into, right? When I'm sitting down thinking of, oh, I want to touch this a little bit and taste that a little bit. I enjoy that. And then I have usually an underlying long-term project that I can then take that energy and pour it back into that. So that's how I operate. I know everyone doesn't operate that way. Um, but for me, that's something that works. And I share that because, you know, I used to think something was wrong with me. And so, again, I had good friends, good mentors remind me and teach me, hey, there's other ways that you can win. There's other people that are successful like you. I didn't know those people existed, right? So a lot of times I'm walking around thinking I'm broken, I'm wrong. And then Gary Vee is another person who says, you know what, you need to you need to double down or triple down on your strengths. If you're good at doing a bunch of things and you can you can use your attention that way, you kind of can spin all those plates, then do that. Lean into that. And also find a way to how to look and see you, how you can take that and funnel it into whatever else that you're having problems with, which are kind of the long-term things that I think I always struggle with. 
But breaking them down into smaller pieces, that's been another concept that's helped those things, you know, um, basically become more fun. Also, finding other ways to go about those things. So, for example, you know, exercise is something I've always worked on, something I'm always dealing with, right? I'm always trying to you know, figure out different ways to work out. And I love running. I was the last exercise I think I tried. However, I also used to like dancing. And as an older person, sometimes you feel like, like I don't have a place to go dance. So in between runs, a new thing I've incorporated is some yoga and dance into my, my exercise when I'm at home. And it breaks up that monotony. So in one way, I'm hopping to something new, but I am still feeding that long-term goal of health and exercise. And then I noticed that when I'm running, it's also helping me do that, right? So it's all these things are, when you find the way they connect and how they all go together, I think it becomes very beneficial to you. And you can learn how to take, if that's how you operate, if you're like me, you can take those little energies that you have, little bursts, and keep yourself overall fueled. The last thing I mentioned when it comes to the sticky point is something that I got from David Goggins, who's always the guy I come back to at the very end, right? At some point, you have to get used to just things sucking sometimes. Things sometimes can suck, right? And you have to just push yourself through it. And it's easy to say that, but what he talks about is unique is training yourself for things that suck when there's nothing there that sucks, right? Because if something that sucks only comes along every once in a while, and I found this to be true, it can hit you a lot harder unless you're kind of always used to things sucking, right? So, like, how do you apply that? So he'll say things like, you know, wake up in the morning, set one alarm, and get up and go for a morning run. You're not going to want to do that. But once you do that, everything else that happens in your day kind of doesn't suck as much because you already did something that sucks to a little degree, basically. And then when you're out there doing it, too, you're going to have that feeling where you're like, well, I'm glad it came out here. It gives you also what he calls a cookie, right? It's a little something, a little victory, a little treat, a mental treat that you can use throughout your day. So the rest of that day, if you get that morning running and you're having some problem, you're feeling not productive, you, oh, you already got the cookie. It's already done. You already did something with your day that mattered. Um, so hopefully, again, these are just things I'm dropping here that I'm thinking, if you're out there listening, you got this far in, maybe something inspired you. Maybe something made you want to do something today. Maybe you say, oh, I don't, I'm looking more to that David Goggins guy. I'm looking more into that Gary V. I'm going to look these guys up and check them out. I'm going to talk about them a lot. Um, and, of course, you know, the other thing I want to always talk about is once I provide that value with the podcast, I want to touch base on some of the things that I'm working on. Um, right now... What I'm working on, the whole reason this started is I have this this basically, I guess you would call it a book series to start off with, right? Um, our Chrome reality or the Chrome reality. It's like Marvel, like DC. It's a shared universe with a bunch of different things I have in, in the plan, right? So I have some screenplays I've worked on for these things. I have a lot of outlines and concepts for the Chrome reality. Um, right now I'm working on some short stories from the Chrome reality. And even I'm working on these children books that I hope to work into that same thing. Uh, in a lot of ways, if you guys ever, you know, if you're familiar with Marvel, Marvel has all the characters you guys probably know, right? Um, X-Men, Avengers. But when I was younger, something I was very drawn to was this team of heroes called the Power Pack. The Power Pack were like the kids of some of the superheroes. And their stories aren't always treated as canon, which you guys don't know that term means that in part of the largest story, their stories don't always count or aren't always real stories. Sometimes it'd be like some silly side story they just made up for fun. And they were fun. It was really fun seeing other characters get roped into whatever the power pack was doing. 
Um, and they all had these unique powers. And the whole thing is geared towards, obviously, a younger audience. So something I'm working on, I won't get into the details of it right now. But, yeah, I'm working on a way to take those those kids' stories and still loop it into the overall Chrome reality. And the Chrome reality, what I think makes it unique is a different kind of sci-fi. It's a sci-fi that's based on 2021, right? It's something we say, look at our future. Look at what we learned and what we are predicting is going to happen and then take it a little bit beyond that to the fiction. So a lot of popular science fiction is based on concepts from the 60s, 70s, 80s, but probably some of this stuff is going back to the 40s, right? Even, I'm sure, a lot further. Ideas that have been around for a really long time um, and saying this is what science fiction is going to be, and people are going out and they're still playing to those genres. They're still making that kind of stuff, and that's that's fine. I'm a fan of that stuff too. But I realize that there's not, at least in my mind or what I've come across, there's not a lot of science fiction it's saying, hey, let's look at the real world right now in 2021. And let's say, what do you think is going to happen based on all the best minds of our world? Um, what do you think is going to happen in the future? And then what's what we're going to do with that? The only thing I think is close to that is the Black Mirror. But Black Mirror, um, because that's what they do, they always show things. Most of the time, I think they show things in a, a, a scary way, right? And so it's kind of like a, a thriller in, in a way, um, maybe even a horror sometimes, where they show this dark side of what technology could have. A lot of science fiction typically focuses on these darker themes. But um, with the Chrome reality, that to me, I don't believe that that's really the case when it comes to mankind. I think over time, we have those bad moments, those story moments, but over time, things become better. So I believe that in the future, it's going to be a brighter future. And that's kind of the, the formula or the basis of, you know, when you think about these stories, say, what's, what's this guy talking about? It's stories that take place in our future. That's why I call it our chrome reality. with science there, but also some fiction. Some fiction that brings a little more spectacle into it, a little more fun. But it's very related and grounded in what you know the world is today, what we actually made it to. Because, you know, according to the 80s and, the you know, the other writers of the past, we're living in the future, right? We've gotten to that point where we get to see mega corporations. And, you know, cyberpunk, you know, that that genre would show you that mega corporations are going to take over the world and all these evil things are going to happen. And to some extent, some of that is is there, but I think there's also something to be said for corporations that are doing really good things. But that's not represented in science fiction. So I have a story I'm working on right now about the first people to go to space and the concept there, that little tease I'll give you for that concept, is that corporations would basically have to uh, sponsor people, right? Because if you have a company, I always feel like this is a funny thing companies do, which is a little dark but also true. Where like companies don't want to pay, they don't. They don't want you to get hurt. They don't want their employees to get hurt. But they'll do anything with contractors, right? So you bring in contractors or some kind of loophole where it's like, yeah, you're still working for the company. You're gonna help the company, but if you like die, it's not really something we're gonna be held accountable for. So I don't think a company would want to go ahead and get a hundred of its employees and start sending them out to colonize the first planets. I think they'll look for volunteers or like contractors, right? Something like that. Um, so it's kind of a funny story in that way where the people who are going to be the first people that are going to go to space and what that would be like for them based off everything we know so far about the world. Again, contractors, the way that kind of thing works. Um, and I think a lot of companies would have huge, huge stakes. Everybody would want a piece of that, right? So it's kind of like the gold rush when you picture like the wild, wild west. 
but this this is space rush, right? Trying to get to these planets for the first time, and then you say, well, well, Lewis, I know about the 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 the, the moon, I know about the Mars. There's not much up there, right? Well, yeah, that's the point. So that that point, I say, well. In, we're going further into the future. Let's add a little fiction. Let's go and get some other concepts that we have and see how can we make this a bit more fun. So the plot device that we have here is there's actually some interesting technology right now um, that's talking about creating wormholes, creating artificial wormholes. Is it possible? What could you do with that? Um, so based off of that kind of concept, what we're going to go with is there is a device that we have created that will allow you to create a wormhole and go somewhere. And the first tunnel, the first wormhole they create that they're basically going to keep open and use takes us to the first place that's like our universe, right? It's very far away, but it's similar to ours, uh, our universe, our galaxy, I should say, and it has habitable planets. So there, the seven planets... People are going to be able to go through this wormhole and go to uncharted territory. And who knows what they're going to find on these seven planets that are all habitable, right? It's This is like a great possible situation, but also there's a lot of risk that's here. And hopefully the story won't have the obvious risk. You might think, oh, there's aliens, there's a big bug. No, see, again, those that's been already represented in other science fiction. So I have some other ideas that hopefully will be interesting. And if you guys think that stuff is cool, I have a web series I'm going to start working on. With a, There's going to be a DJ character. He's going to present some of these short stories for people who don't want to buy, don't want to read the short stories. He's not going to give you the whole story. He's going to give you like a DJ reporting, like an overview of some of those stories. And if you're interested, maybe you want to go purchase the book. We're also going to have t-shirts and merchandise based on those characters character concepts we're going to draw up for them and that stuff's going to be moved into eventually pitching the screenplays eventually shooting little short films based in the chrome reality where then we kind of weaving it all together basically and that's me that's what drives me that's what my end goal is but in the meantime it's podcast in the meantime it's little short stories in the meantime it's children's book um, I'm hoping to get a Teespring site up soon but I'm still not completely comfortable with the art that I'm doing I'm still learning art I uh, have some different styles I'm toying with. I'm kind of getting down to which style I like the best. And then based on that, I'll start putting out more, you know, character designs and different animations for, um, not animations, but like different, um, what do you call that? Well, I guess like different poses, you know, different things that you can, you can see and represent the stories basically. Eventually it'll be storyboarding, but I'm not going to like draw the whole storyboard in like perfect animated fashion, right? Maybe I will. I don't know. But I don't think that'll be probably what will happen. I think more excerpts of um, screenplays, maybe with some images, maybe with some storyboards. A friend of mine recommended that, that they would like to see some of the excerpts from the screen screenplays on the website. I did have some of that on ArtStation, um, but I'm going to, again, update all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Whatever you guys are out there doing, that's what I'm saying to you this week. I'm saying, hey, take inventory. Remember all the things that you did, right? Like I'm talking about the bicycle thing I did when I made the play, they made the playing cards, right? Remember your successes. Remember the things that you did that worked out, right? You have to remember those things. Like I did with my mother on her podcast, sitting down with her, asking her those questions about her past. I remember her past. Not everyone's going to remember your past for you. They're not going to always be there to cheer you on or talk about all the great things that you've done. Sometimes it's you by yourself. So if you can sit down even and record your own victories, record, if you write it down, you put in a little audio form so you can play it back, listen to yourself, that's super helpful, because a few weeks from now, when you're out there in the thick of it, 
you might not have someone cheering you on. You might not have that voice in your ear. So you have to create that voice for yourself. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we all have to do this on our own, right? So whatever you're out there pursuing, whether it's education-wise, whether it's romantically, whether it's with your family, right? Trying to be there for your kids or whatever it is that you're doing. You have to remember what is it that you're, you know, your, your thing, right? For me, it's moving my family, my bloodline, you know, forward somehow socially, economically, again, mentally, I guess spiritually to some extent. I want to get us just to a better life, right? Whatever the was done before me with my ancestors, I want to try to push that a little bit more further for my people, um, which would be basically my bloodline and stuff like that once I'm, once I'm gone. And then find your thing. Remember your victories and then just work on your progress. Get those layups when you can. Do those little things. Keep working at it and see how you work. If you're a person that wants to stick to one thing and do that long term, you do that. If you find that you get positive energy from lots of things, you do that too, right? You keep working towards your goal and, you know, remind yourself of who you are and what it is that you do and have a lot of fun. Like my friend told me, right? My friend Joel, shout out if you made it this far. I don't know if you're listening this week. It's always so weird talking to myself and not knowing who might actually hear these things. But yeah, I mean, I hope you guys find some value in this. I'm going to wrap it up there. Thank you guys so much for supporting me. A lot of cool people showing up for June. I'm going to do some interviews some weeks. I'm just doing this myself and kind of just letting you guys know what's going on. And hopefully by this summer, we'll have some short videos you guys can check out on YouTube and start seeing some of the visuals to the stuff that I've been talking about forever, right? This is going on for such a long time. Very excited for everything. Very excited for what you're doing and what's going on in your future. I hope you guys have an excellent day, excellent evening. This is Sammy Rye. I'm out. S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Yeah, baby. Say it like you mean it, right? I love you guys. Peace.